Good evening. <laughs> this evening's Dharma talk is titled, So You're Feeling Worse. You meditate, and you meditate some more. Meditate more, and then you meditate more, and then you meditate some more. You're feeling worse. I hear this uh, occasionally. Pardon me. So anyone's particular mental situation, sense fields, thinking, the eight sense consciousnesses, or the eight, the six sense consciousnesses, the eight uh, yogacara form of consciousnesses, the, the five sense consciousnesses, and the sixth of thinking, thinking, and the seventh, which is the paranoia, and the eighth, which is the storehouse or the alevijnana. It seems that each person, when they decide to stop running in circles, chasing this, avoiding that, ignoring this, and they decide to sit down and just look at what this is, any any kind of situation could occur. Any combination of success, failure, all the uh, variables can come up, and they will. And quite often, the expectation is that if we meditate, we're going to get a little better, and a little better, and a little better. We're going to improve, we're going to become more peaceful, more calm. And quite often this does not happen. So the way I'd like to talk about this is to say that this is just a way of talking about it. It's hard for me to know. It's hard for any of us to know exactly what is occurring at any given time in our practice. But sometimes after practicing for several weeks, several months, maybe even several years, because of the nature of awareness practice, the nature of shikantaza, and even sometimes the nature of shamatha vipassana or other kinds of meditation, we start to uncover areas that up until the time when we started to practice uh, have been ignored, covered up, pushed away. And there's lots of ways of doing that. We can do it with just plain distraction, distracting ourselves from that. We can do it uh, by any time something difficult arises, we cover it up with excuses, ideas, bl blaming, explanations, elaborations, which is the passion part. of the three poisons. We could even get aggressive every time some something that we probably need to look at shows up we can start to start to get irritated or angry. And that anger might not be directed at that, it might be situation, it might be directed at ourselves 
we're upset with ourselves or angry with ourselves. It could be angry with somebody else who uh, seems to be to blame when actually they're, they're just not that they're not involved, but they're triggering something. So we blame the trigger. Awareness practice, as we go along in our path, you could, you could uncover anything. You, you may, depending on your, as I say so often, your causes and conditions, your karma, the particular load of issues, problems, agenda, karma that you that shows up with your body-mind complex in this particular lifetime can be such that as you meditate you may feel better, you may feel more together, you may feel more relaxed, more calm. <clears throat> or it can go the other way where you begin to feel more confused, more uncomfortable, any one of the, the names for negativity, depression, anxiety. Negative feelings that ha don't seem to have any kind of source. You can't seem to find, how do I, how do I shut that off? What is that about? Why am I, why am I feeling this way? What's called the Aliyah Vijnana, the storehouse consciousness, can be, as we begin to, the awareness begins to go down into that and we stop fighting with our life, fighting with ourselves, trying to be someone else. We might get to see more deeply what we've been ignoring. And so I often say, <laughs> I wish I could say more, but I say, just keep going, just keep, keep going. Keep practicing, keep working with it. Don't, don't spend too much time evaluating or justifying or figuring out anything. Have a willingness to just be genuine, as Trungpa Rinpoche said so many times. Just, just be genuine. Sometimes I say, whatever you're experiencing in your life, as a practitioner, as a student of the Buddha's teaching, the Buddha's Dharma, or as a, of awareness practice, or as a student of mine, whatever occurs is exactly what you need to see. And this kind of instruction or this kind of teaching is meant to help you in this way. It's meant to help you just look at, just observe, just be with whatever sound, smell, taste, touch, thought, Whatever is arising in any of the six sense fields, including 
the mind. Don't do anything with it. Don't add to it your little commentary around it to soften it up. Don't add, add your little commentary in order to validate it or justify it. Or your uh, criticism or commentary in order to make it go away or change its appearance. And I also wouldn't say, try to be one with it. Don't do anything with it. Have as little agenda about what is occurring in your mind stream as possible. This is shikantaza. Sit down, hold still, which is, you know, we don't, we don't have much say so about what happens in our mind. If we did, we could just be happy. Be relaxed. But what we do have some say-so about is the body. Sit down, hold still, sit in a symmetrical posture and receive whatever comes into uh, consciousness without adding, without subtracting, without dividing, without doing any math, any calculations at all. And in, in this way, we're training ourselves what are we training ourselves to do what does this look like to you what are you training yourself to do what would you say see clearly it's not too bad what do you think see how confused I am I like that. You know, there can be confusion that if we we distract ourselves or find something else, most of the world is doing that. Anytime they have confusion about anything, any person you know, maybe it's in your family, maybe it's a friend, generally it's somebody who's not doing any mind training at all, they're very quick to blame something or someone, some way of avoiding what the texture of that emotion or that feeling or that negativity actually actually is. When actually through awareness practice you could actually just be with that. You could say be with it or be that or just observe or look at or experience that emotion, that feeling, that situation as it is. I don't have a lot of energy right now, which is probably obvious. But I would like to respond to questions if you have them. Sometimes the, sometimes the distinctions made between saying, um, I am feeling a certain way or I am well, like I'm feeling sick or I am sick. What's that distinction? What's uh, so again, please? What's the difference between saying I am feeling a certain way or I am a certain way? 
as soon as we make any comment on it, we we actually step away from from that and create even the slightest separation, which is the nature of of a dualistic thinking or separate or self-centeredness or ego or narcissism. It's a very slight. It's a very low uh, vibration, you could say, but. If you needed to make a comment on it in your mind, you might just say what it is, rather than I'm having it, or I am. What does that shift help us to see? I think it helps us see what it fundamentally is without the separation. At least it's the beginning of that. If, if a feeling that you would uh, call anxiety comes up, uh, you could just be with that feeling. Just let that feeling be what it is, rather than push it away by some, some kind of attribution about why it's happening. It's not that, that it, something isn't particularly triggering that or causing that, it's just that that's a way to go in circles around it. More? Is there a step past that? I know sometimes you talk about pulling the label off. I'm wondering if, if working, it, working with it in that way helps us to, to see what it is behind even the label of anxiety. The way I'm talking about it now is to just stay, rather than use the label, remove the label and look behind kind of thing, I'm, I'm talking about actually just feeling whatever that is, just, just receive whatever that is, as if it were a, um, a sound, whatever emotion is coming in, whatever feeling is coming into, the, into our mind stream, just receive it as if it were a a sound coming towards you, or seeing something. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, when we begin to see the um, that which scares us, you know, you say we might start to feel worse if we're meditating, and for me, that shows up as beginning to see parts of my mind that I'm not comfortable seeing. Does that exposure begin to um, just the awareness of it? Can that take the edge off of the negativity? It may, but there's no um, no guarantee of that, or there's no. Um, there's no promise of that happening. Say more. Ask more about Does that. Your negativity still have the same intensity that it did 30 years ago. No. What changed? So this uh, may not be as clear as I would like it to be, but it's like there's no one who's there's no one there. The negativity comes and goes. Did it take the that? Um, I don't know how to describe it, but there being no one for the intensity to back down, or was there some over the, the decades of practicing that it, it softened? 
I think what has happened is there's less kind of invested in whatever's happening is just occurring. It's, it's like uh, Trunk Rinpoche once said, you, uh, the way you work with eco is you, you, you just wear it out. You just, buy, you just walk yeah. on it. You just, you, you just keep using it, but you don't fuel it. You don't necessarily judge it or take, you don't give it any kind of credentials, you know, so that, so that that identity aspect of consciousness feels like it's being uh, somehow validated. You know, success and failure and not, you don't enter into that with any kind of uh, uh, leg up or leg down. You don't do anything with it. And therefore it gets worn out because it doesn't, you, you don't come in and re-soul and re-heal the whole thing with your ideas, your concepts, your judges, your judgment, your opinions, your success story, your failure story. Nothing at all is done with it. So it, it just becomes, you could say, kind of useless. So this is another way of saying that it is empty of any kind of someone. It's kind of a concoction that gets together as a, Trump Rinpoche also said it's like a paranoid insurance policy. It gets its solidity out of buying into the fear, buying into that, thinking there's someone to protect. Go ahead. If the intensity starts to back down, should we go looking for it? Don't do anything with it. Just watch it. And if you're just watching it with no particular agenda around it, but you're just observing, then you'll just notice that it gets stronger, but you won't add on some, some kind of a, uh-oh, maybe I'm not sitting enough, or maybe, I, you know, or maybe this, maybe that. There'll be no speculation coming out of it. It'll just be, it's just weather. Storm clouds come, they, they back away, and they come back, they back away. And then by coming and going like that and noticing that fluctuation without any adding any interpretation, elaboration, or conclusion, is a word that I like to use, don't conclude anything. It's just the, the conclusion just continue, will continue to perpetuate the negativity. If you think there is someone who's feeling a certain way, the feeling may be there. Don't fight or don't do anything with the feeling. The feeling just shows up. And if it stays fine, it goes away fine. Then there, there's no there's no commentary like fine. You don't say that, but you just notice that you. How can I say? You just don't really. It's not a dismissive kind of feeling. It's just that you notice that you're not concerned with the scenery moving outside the train. It's just scenery. And but but there's not even that comment. If you were to forced into commenting, you'd say, well, it's kind of like scenery. Sometimes uh, you're going by castles and palaces, and sometimes you're going by uh, um, piles of garbage. Sometimes you're going past dungeons, but you're, you know, things are just coming and going and coming and going. And then there's uh, there's just that. You're just you're just it's just that. We're sitting, can ignorance reassert itself? Yes. Is, does it matter if it reasserts itself? No. 
is there a causal relationship between meditation and ignorance or our ability to see ignorance? Well, I think there's always some kind of causal situation going on. If you want to go that direction, just causes that, causes that. But I don't, you're not asking about that. I'm, I'm wondering about if, um, if we're meditating, does meditation directly help see through ignorance? think that it helps us see that we're covering things up or that we're turning away from things begin to see that but the idea isn't to stop doing that so much as is just be aware of it and then because there's so many things that we're, if, you, if you try to meddle with it or correct it based on wanting something else or wanting something to get better or wanting the ignorance to go away then it becomes circular then there become then we kind of create some kind of someone who's improving or someone who's getting or someone who's less who ignores less More. Mm -hmm. Not yet. Uh, Shane from Grand Rapids asks what can we do when our motivation for life slash practice is low and we're feeling worse than normal I have a banana split I'm being silly, but I'm saying take care of yourself. There's no, we're not, it's not, uh, sometimes there's a, uh, some kind of idea around a spiritual practice that you've got to, you know, some kind of macho thing has to happen. I don't think so. I think the, the being consistent, being persistent, and being insistent, um, we're going to find out what this is. And even if we have to take, take uh, I think one time, Trungpa Rinpoche, uh, um, I think there was some kind of a video or a picture of something of uh, His Holiness the 16th Karmapazas back in the 70s of him uh, drinking a Coke or something like that. And the comment of the commentator of the news person said, here's this His Holiness the Karmapaz taking a break. And, and we all see the humor in that right away, you know, that in the trunk room, which is 16th Karmapaz doesn't take breaks. <laughs> There's no breaks. There's no breaks. So, and this is true with us too. We don't we don't really call it a break. We just say we're we're doing this now. We're doing that. We're doing we go out like I sometimes say to practitioners who come, the people who live here, the temple residents, monastery residents, and the people who come to practice. I say, you know, you, you need you need to be the one. We have the forms to help you. So we have the the doan who there isn't a day goes by in years that there hasn't been someone in that doan seat. And that's not because of any demand. It's just this is the form. People want to do this, so the schedule shows up, and people around the form, and they, if they can't do that, they find someone to do it. I hardly even know, uh, other than if I know that I can walk in here any time, and there'll be someone there as a timekeeper. And that's because of the the quality of uh, this practice is about uh, awareness, not so much about nailing down forms and making people do things. So, uh, that being said, what I'm saying is if you're sitting and you've been here for an hour, 45 minutes or 20 minutes, and you feel like it's, you have to go to the restroom, go. You go. If you feel like you need to, to go out and stand out in the garden for 20 minutes or so, you do that. 
So you, you relate to the form as an adult, not as some child following orders. Is there a shift in motivation in the path from originally or at first wanting to see the truth to just wanting to help others? I think it's possible. The, the Bodhisattva vow is about not worrying too much about your own enlightenment, but helping others. You know, you may attain enlightenment, you may not. But as, as Rinpoche said, at least you won't be a nuisance. <laughs> I think there is. I think we, we begin to really realize it's not whether we're feeling good or not feeling good or no matter what is going on, we're, we're about uh, helping others. And that doesn't mean interfering with them, but we're, we're putting others before ourselves somewhat. And there might, may come a time when we have terrible, when we're really ill and you can't do that. But then you put others before yourself by staying away so you don't contaminate them. So you might ha you might have to you know you go with how you feel about it, how how your actual your own um, feelings about it. You're here, and if you don't feel good, you don't make yourself stay here. And if you're so there's some respect about how how our mind is working. So it's about observing that, not about doing something or stepping outside the form where we're not we're not obeying the form or we're not. It's just difficult. If you don't live here, it's a little bit difficult to see how that would work. Some monasteries are very, very strong forms where you have to do things a certain way all the time. Um, Bosker from Houston, he says, I don't have a question, but just wishing that you get your normal energy back soon. Yeah, it was kind of low, I know. I just went through a nosedive. I'm diabetic and so I nosedive and I haven't completely come back from that yet. How do you, if you're in a position where you're having to instruct meditation or someone's seriously asking you about meditation and they bring this up so you're, I'm feeling worse, what is the best way to respond to that? day you asked me to give somebody meditation instruction mm -hmm. and so I did and they might come back and say you know what you taught me made me feel worse oh, how do I respond to something like that mm -hmm. well it, uh, I mean I can speculate a little bit but I just about have to be in front of that I can't give you a protocol I would say trust yourself you've been meditating for quite a number of years, a lot, and so I would just, out of your own intuition, the fundamental idea there is to help the person, not to turn them into a Buddhist, not to even make them meditate, fundamentally meet them where they're at. If I were to well, think about that, and I've been in that situation before, similar, uh, I have said, well, maybe you shouldn't meditate. So it's not about you know, it's it's about relating to the person where they're at. And this doesn't mean that you're they're never gonna, they should never meditate again. Uh, I was kind of amazed when I heard uh, way back in the 70s when 
Because at that time, I thought everybody should meditate. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. It saved me from killing myself, whatever had happened. Uh, so when I heard that few crazy people around, there's always few people that are further out of the, of the orbit called sanity than others. And you know, it's just the way things happen. And some of those people run into meditation, want to meditate. There was a fellow who was wandering around uh, saying that he was the future Buddha and that he was Maitreya and people should be paying attention to him. It was quite a, I didn't meet the guy, but I heard from someone uh, that uh, he talked to Rinpoche, Rinpoche told him not to meditate anymore. Don't meditate, you need to do something else. So, so I think it was other people that he actually told him that they should go see a therapist rather than meditate. It kind of surprised me. I thought meditation would solve everything or something. So, and I didn't have a talk with him about it, so I don't know what, what happened. And he might not have even done this. This could have been a rumor. I don't know. I don't care. But what I do know is that you need, if you haven't met yourself where you're at, if you, don't, if you haven't, don't have some deep understanding, you don't have to be enlightened, you don't have some deep understanding of your own uh, difficulty, or your own uh, uh, sense of pride that comes up, or you don't want to look bad, you haven't looked at that. I'm not saying get rid of it. Don't get rid of anything. You don't have to get rid of anything. Isn't that pretty good news? I think it's pretty good news. It was to me when I understood that. And I didn't understand that until I met my guru. And I'm not a guru, by the way. I'm a Dharma teacher. It's a big difference, depending on how you look at it. So I would meet that person, uh, look at that person, and how it depends on how they presented themselves and how that showed up. Um, you might say, you might say, well, maybe, you know, why don't you hold off for a while, don't meditate for a few months, and then come back and see me. Or, or you might ask them how they were, what they were doing, and how it was showing up, and you might, depending, uh, so I mean, I can speculate a little bit here, uh, I might actually tell someone uh, to close their eyes, not, not do shikantaza. Uh, is that what we do, shikantaza? <laughs> Chicken tacos. Chicken tacos. So I might, I might say, don't, don't do that. I, say, I might say that, even though that's a very simple technique, it's, it's actually an advanced approach to awareness practice. So I might have them go back to a, a little bit more uh, um, conventional, have them do uh, uh, mindfulness practice, close your eyes, uh, do body scans or something like that. Much, much more, uh, I'm not saying that's even easy, that can be difficult too, but, it, but that might be, you could have them do that for a while and say, see how that is, see, maybe start your practice out uh, the first 20 minutes, eyes uh, closed, and just maybe follow your breath or something like that. And then, uh, and then maybe the last 10 minutes, if you're going to sit for half an hour, then open your eyes for that time. So I might work with it that way. But I would uh, emphasize to them that, you know, there's no guarantee. I mean, you can't, you can't lift weights, uh, start lifting weights one day, and, uh, and three days later wonder why you don't have biceps or something. So it's a, it's a progression. And what you, the way you could, working with someone who is saying that, saying, well, maybe what you're running into is a little bit different, than others, uh, some people are able to start it this way, and maybe you need to start it this other way. Not a, not a. Uh, I wouldn't go back to. Uh, uh, well, if you went back to beginner's mind, then I would include everybody as beginner's mind, not just this person. To use that as a teaching and make sure that that's true with everybody. That everybody's beginner's mind 
may show up different than this particular person. So you may need to be more body oriented for a while rather than watching thought patterns. More? Um, something came up based on what you said. I was wondering if you could say what the difference between a guru and a Dharma teacher is. Yeah, well, so a guru based, a uh, guru in, uh, is, uh, I think it's Sanskrit, Indian language for a teacher. But it's, it carries a lot of uh, preconceptions around it that, you know, you need to obey. It even says in the Tibetan tradition where they, where they use the, the, the Indian word for teacher, guru, um, that uh, there's even a phrase, all that the guru commands, that I will do. So this is, but you have to remember, this is in medieval Tibet, much different cultural situation than, than there is in uh, the age we're in, whatever this age is. Um, and, and the whole society communication situation is totally different. So uh, I'm not saying uh, that that doesn't happen, but I think that should be a mutual thing between the student and the teacher, and that should not be something that would ne should necessarily be promoted. I don't even use the word Roshi. It's too loaded. You know, I, I might have a credential, but, I, but the credential I have needs to come not just from me, but from you, so it's mutual. You let me know how, how I'm ready to teach on any level uh, that you uh, are ready for. And this doesn't mean that everyone has to think of me as some fancy person. More about that? Okay. Uh, Rusheen from Elk Rapids says, Eat some apples and nut butter. Is that the routine that I think it is? Mm -hmm. But this, this is a fasting day, routine. <laughs> I can't do that today. I'm going to be against the rules, wouldn't it? That depends. Oh, that does depend. Thank you for the. Uh, <coughs> The suggestion, Rusheen. I'm glad you're watching this. Yes. I'm thinking about what Chazon was asking about. I had a time a couple of years ago with an old family friend was who has some problems with alcoholism and other things and was looking for a way to calm down and was curious about meditation explicitly for calming down and I told her I didn't know how to teach that. That wasn't something I knew how to teach. Is it a appropriate to do that? Tell them, tell them that. I suppose you did it. I mean, you could also teach them how to do a, a mindfulness practice with eyes closed. You could. They're asking you. But, you know, you're there in front of you. You would know probably what you said was totally appropriate. Otherwise, you wouldn't have said it, would you? You don't say inappropriate things to you. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Uh, Don from Virginia uh, asks, experiencing a feeling of pointlessness when practicing shikantaza helps me be aware of what my ego wants. <clears throat> How does shikantaza change when ego gets worn out? The boundary between meditation and post-meditation uh, begins to disappear. So uh, when you, if you're doing sitting practice, if you're doing 
wandering around, if you're talking to people, no matter what you're doing, uh, the, the, that boundary is just not, it may not be totally gone, but it's, there's not much there. Not much difference between meditating and, and not meditating. Sometimes it's called uh, not, uh, no more meditating. Other questions? Um, in your talk title, um, So You're Feeling Worse, um, it seems that there's a standard that's set up then. So what would we use as the basis for whether we're feeling worse or not? The basis for it? Yeah. So I start to meditate and I'm feeling what I call worse. So what? Oh, I see. Just, uh, just this is why we have a, a, a teaching. That's why, we, why it's necessary to have a teacher. Um, you can even say it's necessary to have someone who knows more about this than you do and has been practiced more than you have and has a, a better idea or something or someone you have, you resonate with, you have a connection with, and to have a teaching, to have some forms have and, and, and someone that you can give the benefit of the doubt to. You're going to listen to that person and that person says, do it anyway. Or they say, uh, they tell you how to sit and how to practice and you practice and you feel like you're getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, then, you know, you talk to, talk to the teacher about it and see what it is. It's, there's so many different ways that that could show up. Could show up to basically changing your technique. It's possible doing something different from the point of view of the teacher, and the, but it's a mutual thing. You have to actually discuss that situation. As you know, and all of you know, we we have lots of different ways of working with consciousness here, not just sitting down looking at the wall. More. I think it was the, uh, the, my question, maybe it was prompted last night when we were studying cutting through spiritual materialism. We had uh, a number of uh, uh, the conversation or discussion was about depression and um, how how that feels. And so, I, uh, if I'm feeling what I call depressed, and I start to meditate. I'm waiting. I, what I'm would impatient. feel what would feel worse than, than depression, I guess? I didn't think you would be asking that question. What one was I asking? I don't know, that one confused me. <laughs> <laughs> well if, if I if I consider myself depressed okay, and I, I'm sitting I'm and I'm meditating. Yes. And if I'm already feeling worse or bad, how can I feel worse from meditating? How can you? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what your question is. Do you want to feel worse? I guess I'm questioning even that label of, of worse. Okay. So it's, it's so much different with each person. And the, the thing that I try to talk about or point out is 
It's not about getting rid of the depression, which is what the self-centered, the ego mind wants to do, is wants to feel different, wants to feel better. Doesn't want that, basically. There are variations on that, but that's basically what it is. And, uh, and but the, the fundamental misunderstanding is that there is someone, there's someone who is having that, who needs to get rid of it so that the someone will feel better. So that seems to be the, the, the basic issue that there, we impute or we think or we imagine that there's a solid being that needs protection, needs advancing, uh, and we have emotion. The Buddha said the first words, as far as we know, out of his mouth is life is suffering. He didn't say part-time. And this to people who, who don't work with their awareness, just work with their thought process, would call that nihilism. Well, he's just pessimistic, and Buddhism is a nihilistic. Uh, religion. Well, it's, it's not nihilistic at all. It's, uh, if you're going to describe it, it would be more realistic. It's looking at what is actually happening and without jumping away from it into an interpretation, jumping away from it into a judgment, uh, jumping away from it into who cares about that, we'll do something else. Questions around this would be good if you can help me a little bit into it deep more deeply a lot of information there from the point of view of uh, question and answer Andrew if we don't see contrast are we just missing it probably not probably not it's just you might what you're looking at you might think you might they might you might not just see the contrast yet you might still be looking at the acceptable unacceptable or the judgment part and trying to find out whether where the contrast is at sometimes those get confused uh, and we and they get in the way of seeing the contrast because we're trying to stop doing that so this is why the practice and the repetition is so important sit down hold still do it a lot sit down and Hold everything still that you can and watch what continues to flutter around and go this way and go that way and come to this conclusion and come to the come to an exclusion I don't like that and come to a conclusion I like that or I want that or the conclusion could be negative this is I'm terrible I'm in terrible shape I'm getting worse I'm, I'm, I'm me 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 I I I I further questions and what's fluttering around is that worse or better could be could be worse could be better it's the watching it it's the observing of that if you just observe what is moving you eventually see my metaphor for it is you eventually see the way it's getting its it's getting its energy to keep doing that and just seeing that starts to slow everything down because the awareness is becomes stronger than the forms that are rising in the awareness. So, so consciousness or awareness uh, finds the form that it needs to, to see in order for things to settle down or to there to be less conflict, warfare, struggle, enmity, however, whatever word you want to say. It might be some there, but there's no one having it. Consciousness is not someone. There's no one conscious. There's eyes ears, nose, tongue, body, mind. There's a construct that works. There's the five skandhas. There's the five of the eight uh, 
kinds of uh, consciousness. This all gets together and uh, just like we've talked about um, the five skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, or memory and consciousness all hook together and feed into each other, which gives the illusion of there being somebody. And then that's tied into the, the form of being a, having a physical form makes us feel like we're somebody. That we're, and it's not that there isn't something happening, but it's not an individual. And so therefore, when you find that out, then nothing is threatening anymore. It may not feel so good, but it's not happening to a person who has some kind of agenda about getting rid of that. It's a, whether there's a storm in here, there's a storm out here, there's a storm. So good. Uh, going back to Andrew's question about contrast, when we're meditating, there's a lot of looking at the self-centered mind observing it and yet there's the teaching of being with all things or may this benefit all beings could you speak to how that's helpful oh what's up the thought of may all beings be happy and yet we're drowning in self-centeredness yeah i think that's a big contrast is that we're, we're setting up and what we're doing is we're looking when you're doing that it's not that that you should succeed at saying may all beings be happy or uh, it's not that you're going to succeed at that it's that when you do that the self-centeredness shows up in high relief and so it's about the awareness of that situation not about there, there isn't anyone but you my friend <laughs> sure looks like there's a lot of other sokarens around, but there isn't anyone. It's a kind of a highfalutin way of saying it, but there, if there is any identity, then there, there isn't anyone but you. The consciousness doesn't belong to anybody, but sure the hell looks like it. It will fool you over. If you, if you, if you have the slightest uh, uh, doubt about it, uh, it will just grab you by that, that doubt and pull you right, screaming, <laughs> right into uh, one of the six realms, including the human realm. It'll pull you right in there and you'll believe that you're in hell, believe that you're in heaven, believe that you're in the jealous God realm, the hungry ghost realm, the animal realm. You'll, you'll actually buy into that on some level. So it may sound like we're meant to, or we're trying to help all beings or be with all beings, but we're actually trying to help ourselves? Uh, yes. You are all beings, but this, this also operates uh, in, the, in the conventional uh, domestic sense of you're here and there are other people in the building, you're going to think about them and be concerned with them. So it would function that way also in a very mundane, um, you know, can I help you with the dishes? Simple kind of thing. L listening to someone, uh, how, how someone's issues or problems without offering any advice. Just listen, just receive. very much. I think I'll go eat some weenies.
stand and dedicate the merit and the badge of our Red Chant books. Just like to remind everybody about the donation boxes that are in the hallway. And we always appreciate and rely on your financial help. Thank you. May the merit this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. 